This is So Anyway with Adam. No, it's not. What is it? Speaking of. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> I can't ever get the name right. Film Lover, remember, this is Danielle, your host. That's Adam. They're basically the same, so. And we kind of like switched for a hot second to one and then. Yeah, we definitely are not so anyway. We are speaking of. Speaking of. And um, today we are going to be talking about movies because the Oscars were tonight. We're filming or we're recording on Sunday. In honor of the Oscars. In honor of the Oscars. So we thought we would do a fun movie episode. Um, we also are going to add just like a segment in the beginning talking about happy or like good things that happened to us exciting this week. things exciting things and um potentially maybe doing like a really shitty part of the week which is kind of like stereotypical for podcasts i feel like a lot of podcasters do it to create like a connectivity between their listeners to like this is who we are this is who i am i mean I but that's what people like too. about hot podcasts right is like about hot podcasts about hot podcasts <laughs> <laughs> that sure. was weird. I was starting to say podcast. I don't know why. Um, but it's like the the authenticity thing, or like people feel like they yeah they feel like they're friends with the the podcasters, podcasters or whatever. Yeah. Um. So hopefully you all feel like you're our friends. I mean, if you're listening to this, I feel like we would probably get along. So. Well, and like right now, especially, it's like ninety nine percent chance that they're our friends. True. So we already like you. <laughs> so we're just going to continue on with that. But um, yeah, we are speaking of and we are going to dive right in. Okay. So last night our cat Nutmeg had her kittens, which was super exciting. I'm really tired because I stayed up till like 4 a.m. trying to help her. It was really weird. I was like, it was almost like a dream for me. I was just kind of like in and out. Like, kept waking up. You had the lights on. Like, it was really bizarre because you went and, like, sat over there with her. Yeah, she's, like, in the corner of my bedroom. And this is probably, like, midnight. Yeah. So I was just kind of, like, starting to fall asleep. And then I fell asleep, and I just kind of kept, like, groggily or whatever, like, waking up and seeing you over there and just being like, what the hell is she doing (laughs) still? And then I can't remember what time it is, but then I remember like hearing something and I heard this little tiny meow yeah. and I was like, was that a baby cat or was that nutmeg? And then I heard a second one and they were meowing together and I was like, well, it can't just be. And so I was like, wait, were they born? And you're just like, yeah. Yeah. So um, we were originally told that we would have four kittens and like we at the doctor the uh, x-ray vet, yeah it was like legit they x-rayed her and saw four spines i should go back and look at the x-ray to see if i could find another one i mean i think you when we looked at it before you said you kind of um thought, thought maybe there was a fifth one, one. Yeah. yeah i was right anyway um so the doctor said that she would have four and then right after she gave birth to the fourth kitten i was like sweet i get to go to bed now and then I could see that she was, like, still contracting and was going to have another one. And so I was like, okay, well, I guess I'm waiting a little bit longer. And what time was this? Um, I can't remember. I wrote it down somewhere. I think the fourth kitten, because I, oh, yeah, I waited for forever. So the first three kittens were born within 30 minutes of each other, like, just back to back to back. Yeah. And that was awesome. 
But then by the time she was done, her third kitten was born at like 1.45 in the morning. And then I remember the fourth kitten. No, that can't be right. So I think it was like 2 a.m. when I woke up and I was like, oh, were they born? Yeah, and I had, there were three. There were three at that point. Yeah, because yeah. you, you told me there were three. So then I feel like I remember the fourth kid, the, yeah, the fourth one coming at like 2.40. Yeah, it was almost like an hour later, right? Yeah, it was a full hour after the third one. And then the fifth one, I could see her contracting, but I was not really focused on it because I was trying to help her nurse. And I was just kind of like, oh, whatever. Like, I don't know if that's, if this is normal or if it's not normal. Yeah. And so I just like didn't really think about it. And then she started like contracting super strong and I was like, wait, is there a fifth one? And then she gave birth at like 3.13 or something like that. So then I was just like getting her situated and then I had to move her from the spot that she gave birth in, which I've now read was not the greatest idea, but the location that she gave birth in was just not a good spot for kittens to hang out all day. It's like back in a corner, like behind. It's not easy for me to check dresser on and stuff. And like, yeah. Yeah. So we moved her to our closet where we originally wanted her to deliver. And, um, I'm not going to lie. I feel like she's kind of, I don't know. I feel like she's kind of being neglectful, but also maybe I'm just unaware of like what it is as a parent, as like a pet parent. Like what's normal for cat moms. For, and being an animal, yeah. Yeah, um, I mean, I'm sure that like <laughs> comparing human mother baby instincts uh, instincts or like relationships to any animal, the animals seem neglectful, but especially how they just like toss them around and like pick them up in their mouths and stuff like that. Bye. Like Nutmeg did that tonight with the, the runt of the litter, just picked her up in her mouth and walked off with her mm-hmm. and it was it was pretty funny. I was like, it looks like she's just eating her because they also look like little rats. They really do. Their tails don't really have like any fur on them at all. Yeah. So, so they're, they're like, like little skin tails. Legit rats. Legit rat tails. They're so weird looking, but they're really cute. So anyways, we got a surprise fifth kitten. That was super fun. And then I went to bed at four and then woke up this morning and I think I've been a little bit too hands-on because I've been, like, really concerned that she's not feeding them. That's been the focus of the day. Oh, like, absolutely. All day. <laughs> all day, kittens. It's like, I'll be trying to talk to Danielle and she's just zoned out because she's either taking care of kittens or reading about kittens oh, yeah. online. I've been researching everything. I think I've, like, Googled different variations of the same question probably, like, 30 times <laughs> just to see if I can find answers for it. So and uh, fun so fun side story with this too. Um, our daughter Ruby is apparently psychic. Hell yeah. I mean, so we we've had other instances with this before, and it's kind of one of those things where it's like happened enough times that we're like, is this really just all coincidence? Because <laughs> I like think she's psychic, and it's like very specific stuff sometimes too, where we're just like, how would she know this? Like this doesn't even make sense. No. Um, but yeah, so like. I think, I don't know, the week or a couple days before we went and did the x-rays, um, Danielle was asking everyone in the family who, like, how, how many, many babies? yeah, how many babies we think she's going to have, and I said four, and so when they came back from the doctor, I was the winner or whatever, um, but Ruby said five, Yep. and so that was the first thing, turns out she was right about that, I mean, that could just be pure coincidence, right, because she's just, like, guessing. All of she's it can little, be coincidence. She's a little kid. Yeah, it probably all is coincidence. But, no, she's psychic. Uh, but then, uh, last week, Danielle was like, so... Last Sunday, I was like, 
Why is she not given birth yet? Like, yeah, because she was like overdue, like pretty. No, almost, not last Sunday. Well, today, I mean, she's almost like a week overdue, right? Mm, and she was due on Wednesday, so she's only like four days overdue. Oh, that's not too bad, I guess. But, Mm-mm. but yeah. So you asked Ruby, like, mm-hmm. so when last weekend, have the babies. We were home, and I can't remember what I was doing, but. I was just kind of like, dang, I really want Nutmeg to have her baby soon. And then Ruby goes, yeah, me too. And I was like, I wonder when she's going to have them. And then she just kind of looks at me and she goes, probably on Sunday. And I sat there and I was like, there's no way. I was like, I'm going to freaking be pissed if she goes another entire week and doesn't have her kittens. Because one, she's miserable. And two, I have a really busy weekend. Like, I don't... Yeah, so... It actually turned out perfect, though, because you... So, because of the way this week works out, or whatever, you worked Friday, Saturday, um, because ah. it was one of your Saturday weeks. Yep. And then, normally, you don't work on Mondays and Tuesdays, but tomorrow, this week, you, this coming week, you have to, because I'm going to be out of town yep. on next Friday, or this coming Friday, whatever this it is. This weekend and stuff. Um, and so... I happen to be working on Monday and Tuesday... Which means that my only day off for five consecutive days was Sunday. Was Sunday. Was today. And so it was, like, literally perfect that she had those uh-huh. kittens last night slash this morning. And uh, you were able to help her and everything God, like that. I love her. But anyways, so that's kind of, like, the exciting thing that happened this week. Has there, any, has there been anything crappy? Um... I don't know. I don't think so. Our two-year-old has become... Well, she's not two yet. She's not even two. She's become, like, a toddler. Just, yeah. Tantrum throwing. That's rough. She also doesn't talk very much yet, which kind of adds to it, because then she just screams. (laughs) Holy hell. She just screams. She's also trying to... All day long. She's also trying to shake off the naps, which is not fun. Oh, yeah. Her sleep regression is another reason that we're so tired, and... I mean, I'm a pretty strict parent when it comes to sleep, but that also is, like, an established thing because I... What's happening? Our lights are flickering. I think it's because of the laundry machine. It's fine. Our light is flickering because of the laundry machine? What? I don't know. It's, like, flickering at the same speed as the laundry machine. Yeah, but, like, that makes no sense other than, like, the... Like the consistent. So one time I talked to a psychic or like a medium or something like that, and um, she told me that my grandpa was speaking to me from the other side, and that he said anytime the lights flicker, it means that he's here. So (laughs) maybe my grandpa's here right now. Which grandpa? Fox. My grandpa Fox. I wish I could have met you. (laughs) Um. Okay, back to what I was saying. I don't even fucking remember. God damn it. I. I hate having ADHD. I oh, hate it, was, it so much. <laughs> it, it is really annoying. Mine's, I mean, I feel like I have it a little bit, but it's a lot, it's very mild, and it's, it gets annoying, for sure. Honestly, I probably just have it because of, like, phones or something, but... Yeah. Um, we were oh, talking about Sal's sleep regression. Oh, yeah, so me feeling like I'm pretty strict on sleep is specifically because... It was an established thing. I realized that, like, once my sleep, like, once my sleep is impacted, is impacted I am not okay. Yeah, so, like, your mental health just decreases dramatically yeah, when so you're, it's you're not sleeping enough. It's just something that I really wish that I could 
do without, but I need it. Yeah, I mean, there's obviously tons of benefits for sleeping enough for everybody, but, like... I don't feel like any of my sleep is restful, though. Really? Like, I feel like I could probably sleep for, like, 12 hours, and I would just, like, wake up still... <laughs> still be tired. Still cranky. I mean, that's not a good thing. <laughs> we should probably look into that. Yeah, I don't want to. Anyway. Do a sleep study or new pillow, mattress, something oh, like that. Gosh, I mean, if we could just buy a new mattress, that'd be cool. I'll pretend that it works. <laughs> Sounds good. <sighs> so, that's kind of our week. That was our fun stuff, yeah. That was our fun stuff. And a low-key, not fun stuff, but even our low-key, not fun stuff is totally... Not too bad, pretty much. It's really not that bad, so... Um, Alright, we're going to take a quick break and come back with our topic of the day. Alright, so, um, like we mentioned in the beginning, our topic of the day is movies. It's the number of the day. It's the letter of the day. We watch, we watch a, a lot of Elmo. A lot of Sesame Street right now. That's what Cell is really no, into. Helmo. Helmo. Oh, that's right. Helmo. We're like, we're like, hey, Cell, say Elmo. And she goes, Helmo. <laughs> like, draws that H out hard. It's so cute. <laughs> the few words that she does say are, like, really cute. Well, and then she's picking up on stuff a lot more lately, too. Um, yeah, we were at the pet store buying cat food today, and I was trying to find stuff for kittens, because you're supposed to feed the mom cat kitten cat food, so that they get extra nutrients for breastfeeding and stuff. And um, so I was, like, looking at a bunch of them, and I was like, okay, this says adult, that one's adult, this one's adult, 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 and then Sella just sits next to me, and then she starts pointing to all the cat foods, too, and then she just goes, adult don't it was so cute but my other favorite she word also she just says, said blueberry the other day which yeah, is like the hell you don't know how to speak but you throw out just three syllable words blueberries i was like what yeah um but what did she say oh my favorite thing that she says is oops mm -hmm. it's the cutest thing like she'll be sitting there and she'll drop something and then she'll just go oops yeah, she like Oops. draws that one out too. And it's kind of like a lisp, a little bit at the end with the S. It's like hoops. <laughs> <laughs> I love her. Yeah, Dear it's God. well, and it's funny because like I don't know the the amount that she talks is probably fairly normal. Like we were just asking someone the other day how much their two year old talks, and she was saying like not that much, like a handful of words, not sentences or anything. Yeah. Um, but like the standard for us is always Ruby because. She was speaking, like, full sentences at this age. Oh, and my God. Ruby was, like... She just started talking so early on. I mean, I think it was, what, like, eight months old, and we'd be, like, in the grocery store, and she'd be saying hi to everybody and stuff like that. She's, like, she this so tiny little baby. Yeah. It was, it was really insane how quickly Ruby talked. And then Marshall, like, was a little bit slower than Ruby, but still picked it up pretty quick. Like, no, but by the time he was two, and by... Before he was two, he was saying sentences. Like, we were we were watching some videos of him the other day at the same age as Sela is right now, and he yeah. was speaking quite a bit, too. Like, he would say, like, thank you, Mommy, or, like, um, that's good, Mommy, like, stuff like that, that are hmm. very simple sentences, but he was saying that. Sela, for the first time yesterday, when you came to work, my yeah. work... She said a two-word sentence, and it was... Bye, Mommy. Bye, Mommy. Yeah. And I was, like, super excited about that. So, I'm not wor worried about her, but... um. Yeah, she's just, like... It's just, like, frustrating for her and for us. 
Yeah, mostly like when she wants something and she just gets pissed and screams and cries and she won't she can't tell you what she wants. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's like officially transition away <laughs> into our into our topic into our movies. Yeah. So today was the Oscars and we didn't unfortunately we didn't get the chance to watch them. We watched like the tail end, like um, I think. Yeah, I ba- we basically saw like the last kind of big awards um we saw the two music ones and then uh well i did you were you were doing kittens like i said <laughs> just kittens, kittens all, day. all day um but yeah so i watched like the music award the two music ones and then uh like best picture best, picture, best leading actress and best leading actor i, th- I think supporting. those were those we caught we didn't catch supporting do we i thought you got supporting because you saw what's his face uh the guy from Judas and the Black Messiah. Oh, no. I didn't see his, like, acceptance speech or anything. I was just telling you that he won. What's his name? Daniel Kaluuya. Okay. From Judas and the Black Messiah. What's the other guy's name in that one? The actor? Lakeith Stanfield? God damn it. I couldn't remember either of those names. Oh. Yeah, they're both awesome. That um, movie's great. That movie is amazing. You all should watch it. It's very heavy, so... Yeah. Really good, though. All, yeah, the all the movie all the nominated movies were really great this year. Um, I mean, I don't know. I think they are every year pretty much, but um, sometimes there's like weird movies that are nominated that you're just kind of like, oh, it's a Meryl Streep movie, so it's going to be nominated for Best Picture no matter what. It's just like well, yeah, Meryl Streep's just nominated every every year no matter what. Yeah, um, which is like, sure, she's a great actress, but like, it's kind of just like, I swear she pays for it at this point. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like, she could be a voice in some movie, and she would still she get nominated. Like nominated. I mean, if it was animated, may- I don't know. Yeah, anyway. So I mean, sorry. a lot of people hated The Green Book and that one Best Picture a few years ago, or a couple years ago, whatever. Oh, yeah. Wasn't that the upset that year when they announced the wrong movie? They announced no. Moonlight? No. So they, no, they, the year that Moonlight won, they announced La La Land, as the oh as I the winner of best picture that. and so they all went up and then they were like oh crap no we made a mistake and then they're like moonlight actually won and so then all the people that did la la line had to go back down and sit down how and then all the people awkward. that did moonlight came also up. like how do you do that do you just like happen to have like three cards printed out with each of the like somebody different and then you're like i'm gonna just shuffle it no like, so i think i think it was how? so it was like it was this i think it was a woman who's like an actress and she's really old um, no, it wasn't. It was freaking Alec Baldwin. It wasn't Alec Baldwin. No, it was like it was. The, no, no, no. It was Alec Baldwin. Baldwin when he was like, "I am here to present to you Adele Dazeem." No, that was <laughs> babe. That was John Travolta. God damn it! Okay, Danielle's really, really bad with like actor and actress names, and um, she just like thinks that I. I don't even know. I don't even know how your mind works with this stuff, but. <clears throat> It's like that one, uh, there was some meme that we saw that was like, these are the these are the names of actors according to my mom. And it was just like really crazy, like <laughs> the out names there names. The movies and the names of actors. Like Channing, it had a picture of Channing Tatum and the name was just like so ridiculous. The, the Dude, mom, I'm going to look him up because it was so funny. Yeah, Taylor you should look it up. <clears throat> but um, yeah, like... And That's then, me I mean, you kind of like mess it up with movie movie names too. Oh, I do but, all of it. But it's mostly like actors and actresses, especially. But anyway, so it was like it was this. I think it was an older woman. Like, I think she just got confused. And when the, 
I've heard that when they hand the card to the person, it'll have the name of all the movies on there. And then, like, the winner is circled, maybe. There's some, like, distinction to show what the winner is. Mm -hmm. And she just got confused, I think, and thought it was La La Land. And so she said, La La Land wins Best Picture. And so I was like, yeah, everyone was like, oh, cool. And then they all went up. They're getting ready to give their acceptance speech. And then somebody came out, and they were like, um, yeah, sorry. Like, this, this actually is wrong. It was uh, it was Moonlight who won, and it was just really crazy. But both, okay. those are both great movies. Okay, though, interrupting. Sorry. I found the tweet. So it just says, I decided to make artwork out of the different ways my mom has botched celebs and show names. And it just says, it's a picture of Channing Tatum, and it says, Tanning Chato. <laughs> <laughs> and then it has, um, it's from... I don't even know. The Marvelous Life. The Marvelous, uh, life. The Marvelous Mrs. Mizell. Yeah, that. And then it just says, The Fabulous Life of Miss Daisy. <laughs> <laughs> and then... Oh, no. F- Philip Seymour Hoffman is Hoffman Seymour Jr. <laughs> <laughs> and then the show... This is Clueless, right? Yeah. It just says, Shopping Show. Shopping Show. <laughs> I'm just dying. Like, <clears throat> this is... So my brother... Oh. My brother... <laughs> Quinoa Phoenix is Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah, so my my brother sent this to us because that's like literally Danielle all the time. Yeah, he was like, look, Danielle, somebody, (laughs) I didn't know that you were this person's mom or something. I was like dying. It's just like really who I am. So like pretty much any time Adam and I play catchphrase or movie, like trivia games or whatever if i tell him something like nine times out of ten he has to work way harder to like read between the lines to think how i think i'll just like guess the opposite or like something totally different than what she's saying and then it's usually like that's not that different john travolta and alec baldwin are not that different in my head uh i yeah i mean i guess i can see that they their voices kind of sound similar to i feel like the way that they kind of like talk or and maybe like their their mouths i don't know yeah but yeah, I can totally see Alec Baldwin like, doing Adele that though. Adele Dazeem. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. John Travolta voice. All right, so we're gonna dive in to our favorite movies ever. Yeah, it's we're a gonna big one. Talk top five. Um, I'm not. It's hard because I feel like this is a pretty fluid top like thing for me. Yeah, mine too. Like my top five changes, and I'll say these top five tonight, and then I could totally see some other movie and be like. Oh yeah, this would be my top. This would actually be in my top five instead. Um, there is there is one that just remains at the top of my list forever and always, and I'll talk about that one. Um, but yeah, it's it's hard to just like nail that down. Like, what's my favorite? What are my five favorite movies of all time? It's the same as like favorite books or something like that. Um, but yeah, that's that's kind of like what we wanted to talk about is to go through those top five and i mean we're not going to break down the synopsis for you guys because you can just go look that shit up on imdb google it or google it but um, i don't think that most humans have the imdb app why i don't know i feel like it's really weird is that just because i'm i'm a big like film person like i I really i like movies a lot i think so because like like, i am constantly on the imdb app oh same but, like, in my friends group or, like, when I'm with somebody and we're, like, talking about something, I will, like, pull out the IMDb app and look something up. And they're, like, whoa, that's cool. And I'm, like, yes, I know. 
<laughs> I'm aware it's cool. It's probably just an ADHD thing too. It's like that we read some tweet one time that was like if you watch a movie and the entire time you're pulling up facts about the movie or the actors Gosh. in the movie on IMDb, you, you probably, probably have, have ADHD. ADHD. <laughs> yep, that's I'm me. Like, I'm like, oh. I mean, I already know this, but... I feel exposed. Yeah, it's wild. Um, okay, so why don't you start with telling me your top... Like number five or something. Sure. Or countdown. Actually, I would say that it's probably not like really a countdown. It's honestly more of like, I these have, are like my rotating four. Yeah. I just and have, then this is my like top. Yeah. I have a definite number one. That's all I know. Um, but yeah, so the, for number five, oh, sure. Number no, five. Just, just one. <laughs> one of them. I uh, Apocalypse Now for me. I have like zero input on this one. I think it sounds scary. I think <laughs> that it sounds old. I think that I wouldn't enjoy it. So Well, yeah, it's sort of all of those things. Um <laughs> I'm glad I understand. It's it's about the Vietnam War and uh it's Oof. really really great, like just really well done. Um it is older, like I think made in the 70s. Um Is it in color? Yeah. See, I don't even really care about like black and white or color or whatever. But it's more of just like, I don't know, the content, I guess. Well, yeah. Like, I don't know how to describe it. I just, it's not my vibe. Just old movies? No. Specifically old war movies. I don't like them. Oh, this one's so good, though. Like, one of the only old war movies that I would say I like is probably Pearl Harbor. And I haven't watched that as that an adult. That movie sucks shit. <laughs> <laughs> That is the worst example of a war movie. Damn it. It's so bad. I think that's a Michael Bay film. What? Yeah. There's no way it's a Michael Bay The only redeeming quality in that movie is Kate Beckinsale because she's the hottest woman wait, alive. Wait, is this... Is, okay, this is blowing my mind. Is Pearl Harbor, like, objectively bad? Yes, everyone knows it's terrible. Oh my god, I did not know that. <laughs> yeah. Okay, but I was going to say, until you interrupted me... That I had only seen Pearl Harbor, like, in my childhood, thinking that, like, everybody loved it. I haven't watched it as an adult. So, like, I can't truly say... Oh, my God. I feel like an idiot. So, (laughs) wow. Anyway, I just don't really vibe with, like, old war movies. I don't really vibe uh, with... Saving Private Ryan? No. That's a good one. It's a little bit newer. I just, like... I don't really like war movies in general. I don't like the glamorization or, like... Oh, no. This is not that at all. This is... Dramatization, dramatization mm-hmm. of war movies. I just like. It's no, just, like, don't get icky. me wrong. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, Americans are obsessed with war movies, and I think a lot of it is because we like to um, fantasize about war. Yeah, yeah, well, and just like sort of jerk ourselves off about our military. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All uh, those things. Exactly, and but um, Apocalypse Now is definitely not that. Like Apocalypse Now is basically showing how shitty and awful the the Vietnam War was. Okay. Um, I can get on board with that. I, I'm obsessed with the Vietnam War. That's like, that's probably... You should talk to Dominic. I know, right? <laughs> my, my 10-year-old nephew, who's just like a huge history buff and like a genius. But um, yeah, I... The Vietnam War is like really fascinating to me, especially because it's like objectively one of the big wars that the United States lost like that's not even like arguable unless you're talking to someone who's like a brainwashed like pro-military person or whatever Republicans 
<laughs> but like, um, legitimately, like, yeah, it was a war that we lost. It's one that we never should have been in. I mean, it's basically like all of our wars since World War Two. Yeah. But um, that one and World War Two are really fascinating to me. Yeah. Um, I mean, World War Two. I think everybody's like pretty fascinated with. I didn't know the difference between World War Two and World War One when we got married. Like at all. One day we are gonna have World an War One is kind of weird. Like. A lot of people don't know a lot about that one, I feel like. One day we're going to have an episode that talks about how we were failed by American public school systems. <laughs> I mean, because it's mostly going to be just like an episode for me and just like how dumb I am because of American public schools. I mean, I went through public school system. I think I'm pretty smart. I don't know. You also went to college. Yeah, yeah but I didn't like learn basic history stuff when I was in college. Okay, that's fair. Like basic American history or whatever. I don't know. It's also because you like fiction, nonfiction. Yeah. So, like, you dive into it. I like to read and But whatever. I'm just kind of like, I would rather just, like, I don't know, moving on. <laughs> um, so, my one of my movies, I have a lot more movies on my list, so I'm going to say, like, a couple at a time. Um, a few of my favorites, I'll start with, like, the um, least, uh, how do I say this? I'll start with the movies that make me sound very basic <laughs> and that don't give me any like street cred in the street film cred world. in like being a film buff. I'm not a film buff. I ride on Adam's wake. Is that the phrase? Coattails or Coattails. I mean, wait, I don't know. Wait could work, I guess. I made it up. So <laughs> it's a new saying. It's a new saying. You I heard it here it. first. Yep. So, um, I would say that two of mine that kind of go, like, in the same category would be Crazy Stupid Love and Bridesmaids. Um, Those are both great ones. They're totally great, but they're just kind of, like... Rom-coms. Rom-coms. Like, everybody loves them. Yeah. There's not, like, a ton of depth, but they're just, like, good. Like, Bridesmaids has got to be one of my favorite movies. Like, my favorite comedies. I freaking love Rose Byrne. I love... Oh, shit. I don't even know her Kristen name. Kristen Wiig. Kristen Wiig. I love... See, it helps now that I can, like, read your mind with I know. these things. Yeah. It's so true. Since you don't remember the names. Um, what's the... What's the cops? Ugh, not the cop. I know the it is Irish the cop. cop. I love him. Yeah. I can't remember his name either. Uh, yeah, I know his name. And then what's, like, Chris the... Chris O'Donnell. Or no. Something like something that. Like and then what's the, the friend who's, like... Trying to get with the air marshal? Yeah. Um, Who is she? See, we're pulling up IMDb. Yeah, no, yeah. You're making me have a brain fart. I know, I'm sorry. So, I like, I genuinely think back to the, the scenes in Bridesmaids all the time. And I know that 90% of America does. But like... Well, we were just <clears throat> we were just talking about this before. I was about to say a Rosie O'Donnell, but I know it's not. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, definitely not Rosie O'Donnell. Um... No, she's the best. It's why can I not remember her name right now? Isn't it on there? It's not showing her. What? Well, this is kind of one of her, this is kind of her breakout role, I think. Um, I'm trying to think oh, Melissa McCarthy, duh. Yeah, Melissa McCarthy. Not Jenny McCarthy. Not no, not even the same person at all. <laughs> Are they related? Are they? They sisters? have the same. Yeah, they're sisters actually. <laughs> no, Melissa McCarthy is. Awesome. I love her. <clears throat> she's really great. Um. Yeah. Oh, Chris O'Dowd, not Chris, Chris O'Dowd. O'Dowd. Good yeah. job, babe. So, anyways, that I like. 
Oh my god. The scene where Kristen Wiig is like up giving a toast to her best friend and she like starts talking in Spanish <laughs> and she just like pulls it out of her ass. She has no idea what she's saying. It's just like the funniest scene ever. There are so many scenes in that movie where I just like cry laughing. And then Crazy Stupid Love is just like it's like this like comfort. It's on Netflix right now and I'm pretty sure that like when I don't know what to watch I've just started it like 60 times. That's like Walter Mitty for me. I love Walter Mitty. That would be in the same category I'll for me too. I'll just toss that on like, if I, like yeah. It's just entertaining. Hey Kristen Wiig's in that too. She is yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's one of my, well, we were kind of talking before this too. And we were saying like more than, more than just like critically acclaimed, like whatever we were saying, like our, what we'd probably call our favorite movies are the ones that just like have really stuck with us. Can we just think and about that, like, a lot? We, after we watched it the first time, we couldn't stop thinking about it. And now even to this day, we still think about it all the time. Uh-huh. Um, and pretty soon we're going to do a TV show episode too. Yeah. Because there are a lot of TV shows that I like. Well, we're in the golden age of TV, so there's it's like so true. incredible TV shows out there. TV is like... Uh, anyway. So, those are like a couple of my movies. Um, Adam and I are probably going to say our next set together because we share them. Yeah, we've got like overlapping... We have three movies that overlap. Right. Like, like truly overlap. Like, I like all the movies that Adam put on his list and he likes all the ones that are on my list too. But these ones are true overlaps. Um, the first one is Parasite. Yes. And that one won Best Picture. It's a cr- two years ago. I think so. Yeah, I was just talking tonight. I I literally do not remember the Oscars last year at all, and I I'm assuming that's because of COVID and everything. But I don't either. Um, Did they just? I think they might have just like released the winners. Or was it last year when Parasite won? It might, I don't have, know. it might have just been last year. It might have been 2019. Anyway, it's a Korean film, won Best Picture, um, and it's just incredible. I mean, there's so many... You have many... to put your phone down during it because you have to read well, subtitles. Subtitled. Yeah. Um, but, like, it's not, like, subtitles that people put on just because, like, they want to, like, half pay attention and, like, look up and be able to, like, catch Unless on. you speak Korean. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, you have to, like, pay attention because it's not speaking... They're not speaking English... So the subtitles aren't just an aid. It's like the requirement to yeah. understand the movie. It's a foreign film. What yeah. what I love about subtitles, I've decided, though, is it it forces me to watch the whole thing and not be messing around on my yeah, phone Yeah, exactly. The whole time. That's what I mean. Yeah, which I, I love because, like... And Parasite is just, like, so... <sighs> there's so many, like, awesome themes with it. One, it starts out kind of, like, as a comedy, and then it's just kind of this, like, slow shift to suspense slash thriller and you don't even recognize it until Until you're like in the middle of it and you're like oh my gosh yeah it's so good i remember watching it and like putting it off for quite some time there are actually like quite a few movies around that time frame like the farewell is one of them Uh that i really wanted to see that's a good one around that same time and there was like one other one that i think of a lot but um that i just like put off for some reason i don't know why but i regret it now yeah, I still do that, actually. Sitting down to watch a movie is hard for me. Yeah. But, well, and it's, you know, all the theaters are closed, or, like, people aren't really going to them, so you can't just, like, right. go to a movie theater and, like, be forced to sit down and just enjoy it without being distracted the whole time. Um, but, yeah, there's just, like, there's a lot of cool themes in Parasite that I really love, um, you know, about, about, like, class. like, income inequality, and... classism, um... Just a lot of stuff like that. 
things that are right up our alley. So yeah, the it's other movie the that um, we share would be Arrival and Interstellar. Yeah, we kind of categorize those together because they're sort of like space alien movies, yep. whatever. Um, just kind of like pull on your heartstrings. <laughs> yeah, just a little bit. They just like I don't know. They tug at like some part of me. It's more well, like the parent part of me, obviously, but like for in Arrival for sure, yeah. So so same with Interstellar. Interstellar too, yeah. Totally. Like that scene where Matthew McConaughey is just like sobbing watching these videos yeah. that he just got seeing his of his daughter family growing, up. growing up. Like yeah. it makes me want to like cry uncontrollably. It makes me want to like pull the covers over my head and just like weep. Oh yeah. Arrival still just wrecks me every time. I okay, so I know Arrival is one of like my favorite movies, but it's been so long since I've seen it that I've like I have very poor working or I have very poor long term memory. I have very good working memory, but, like, I don't have good long-term memory. So, it's, like, I could tell you... that I think That's probably why I always get, um, like, actors and stuff mixed up. Because it's, like, it's not something that I need to know. Yeah. I don't know. My mom's kind of the same way. She, like, she'll forget, like, actors' last names, like, things like that. And, yeah, it's sort of just, like, um, just remembering things that. you need to know or whatever. Yeah. Like, I but mean, anyways... In some ways, it's a curse that I remember like all these little facts and stats and details that I, I don't that I don't need to know. Yeah, but yeah, so we both have Arrival and Interstellar on there. Arrival is with Amy Adams. I am absolutely obsessed with Amy Adams. I think that everything she's been in recently has been incredible. Um, Nocturnal Animals is not Amy Adams. It is. Oh yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. But the other girl isn't her. Well, so the girl that's fictional, that's right. fictional, the fictional her is her. Isla Fisher. Isla Fisher. I was worried that I like got the two mixed up. Who's also but they're great. Both in it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Nocturnal Animals is also one that. Uh, you think about all the time. I think about it all the time, mm-hmm. but I can't say it's one of my favorite movies. I think because it's so disturbing. It is. Yeah. But like, I th- I think about that movie constantly. It's really good. It's not on my list. I didn't write it down until I was just talking about Amy Adams. Yeah. But, like, I think about it all the time. I try to get people to watch it all the time because I want to ruin their day. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's a, I mean, it sucks. It's not for the faint of heart. It's No, it's, it's a very so heavy trigger warning. Like, yeah, totally. If if you're, like, into movies, though, that's a good one. Like God. Who, who directed that? Uh, Tom Ford. I hate him. Yeah, you do. He's an asshole. You do hate Tom He's Ford. He's a sexist motherfucker i hate that guy but that movie's really good yeah anyway um um oh yeah you have 2001 on oh yeah so kind of in conjunction with that like also i was just gonna say like arrival and interstellar like they're just filmed so beautifully too and like the themes they touch on are cool with interstellar um there's just a lot of like deep kind of like crazy scientific stuff that it gets into um and for me, that was also that was all awesome. Like I, I read a book about it afterwards called The Science of Interstellar that's written oh, yeah. by Kip Thorne, who's an astrophysicist. So it's all and helped, like, like plausible. Yeah, and so he like helped do the movie. And so all of all of it, even like the really out there stuff, is based in scientific um theories. at least like theories. Yeah. Like even if they're really far out theories. Right. Well, and I think that like it was one of those moments where like the idea of like multi dimensional existence and like the multiverse or like ideas that it like, like put that, that in a film that it was whatever. like whoa like people 
are theorizing this. Like, it's not just, like, quacks. Yeah. It's, it's like... legit scientists. Legit scientists are theorizing that this is a possibility. And I'm, I'm sure the multiverse discussion has been around for a long time before that, but it was like... Right, but that's what I mean. Like, this is was, the first moment when it's, like... Yeah. Put out there for mass consumption or yeah, whatever. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, totally. Um, so, yeah, to that, I also added 2001 A Space Odyssey. It's a Stanley Kubrick movie from the 60s. Um, also pretty groundbreaking with, like, the uh, visual effects and everything mm. like that, especially considering the time that it was made. I think it was, like, 1968 or something. Um, but that's another one of those movies that just sticks with me all the time that I, like, never stop thinking about. And, um, you know, it's not for everybody. It's kind of, like bizarre in a lot of ways but just so so good like i i really love that movie yeah um but yeah we're gonna take a break for a second and then we will come back with our top two i guess i don't know (laughs) okay whatever they are why are you laughing because i have food in my mouth you're probably gonna hear me too (laughs) enjoy danielle chewing on an apple whoops actually it's turkey jerky thing Oh, yeah. Just having a healthy little snack here. Trying. I'm not high, so I'm not craving anything shitty. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> mm. It's the curse. It is the curse. Um, okay. So, my next couple... This is this is a top five, and it's way more than five. <laughs> it's... Yeah, I, I don't think it could ever be consolidated to five. I just, like, couldn't force myself to do that. So, my next one, I would say, is called Whiplash. Mm. And... I could not tell you why I like this movie, honestly. But again, it's just one of those movies that I like. I think you just about. never stop thinking about. Yeah. It just like, I watched it for the first time and I was just like, what did I just experience? Like, yeah. You love that one. I love that movie. It's uh, with Miles Teller and um, J.K. Simmons. J.K. Simmons, who is absolutely incredible in that. But isn't he also kind of a douchebag? In real life? Yeah. I don't know. I didn't think so. I feel like I've heard shitty things about him. I could uh, be wrong, though. I thought he was cool. I don't know. Maybe not. But, um... And this guy is, like, a drummer in, like, an orchestra. Jazz band. Jazz band. And um, it just, like, kind of follows his story of, like, how... Miles Teller is and J.K. Simmons is the, is teacher, the teacher or whatever. And, like... It's, like, a really prestigious, like, music school. And it's the jazz I, band at this music school. I don't know. I just like I just want everyone to watch that movie and to love it as much as I do and to not have the vocabulary to to like say why they love it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't I don't know if you could just like pinpoint like an easy answer for why you love it so much. Like, <clears throat> I crazy, definitely Crazy Stupid Love has like so many good people in it and it's like hilarious and like sad and all of the emotions and it takes you on like an actual journey and it's like a very stereotypically enjoyable movie. But like Whiplash is like a very like niche or like I mean it's niche. very entertaining. I I feel like it's you pretty accessible. Feel like it's entertaining? Yeah, it's fully accessible for most people, but Okay. Um but like yeah, it's not like you can just easily pinpoint one thing. I mean, like JK Simmons' performance is in it is incredible and I, I everything. Think he won. I'm pretty sure he won an Oscar for it. Yeah. <clears throat> um but like and I think it was nominated for best picture and everything. So like it's widely known to be That's a great a, good movie, a for great sure. movie. But I feel like at least in the circles that I like I don't want to say run in because that sounds so weird. <laughs> um, in like my friend group. In your wolf pack. In my wolf pack. <laughs> I'm alpha. Uh, <laughs> in my uh, friend groups, I don't feel like anybody would know what that movie is. 
Yeah, maybe not. I mean, and like, well, I originally... talk about movies. Movies are like a pretty quick topic for me to talk about when I'm talking to a new client. Mm. I'll be like, what kind of movies do you like? And I'll say Whiplash. Nobody knows what it is. Yeah. Well, it, it started at Sundance. So it won the Grand Jury Prize at Sundance, which is like the mm. highest prize. Um, and also like a fun side story for that is uh, Whiplash started as a short film the year previous at Sundance. Mm. And um, I had a friend that got me tickets to go see uh, a film, a Sundance film that year. It was in the Egyptian, which is super cool because it's like this iconic movie theater on Main Street in Park City, like in the heart of all of the Sundance we'll stuff. We'll have to go there sometime. <clears throat> it's really cool. It's great. But this the, the tickets that he got me were for a series of short films. And Whiplash was one of those short films. <gasps> That's so cool. And so cool. I like, got to see it before it became a full feature-length film The next, and then won the Grand Jury Prize the next year. Um, there's also another short film in that series that I think about constantly, like mm-hmm. all the time. And I don't even remember the name of it, but I like want to go find it. Yeah, you'll have to go look back on the uh, like the schedule and see yeah. what it was. But should be pretty easy to find. But uh, yeah, Whiplash is awesome, though. It's... Like I would, I would easily recommend it to most people. But yeah, it is one of those where you're like, I don't know if I could just like pinpoint one specific reason why I like it so much. Right. It's just. Um, like, I have yeah. move. I have plenty of movies like that. Yeah. All right. Your next one. Um. So my next one. Can uh, you read my handwriting. <laughs> yeah, I was kind of looking at the list here closely. I have very bad handwriting. I think your handwriting is all is kind of like um the way that you read out loud you're just like <laughs> rushing it you're like trying to rush to get shitty? the word done <laughs> no, not shitty just like um, shitty <laughs> it's like you're in such a hurry to just do it and get it done uh, that you just like scribble no that's literally okay ADHD does this like I was listening to another podcast the other day um, the bad broadcast if you don't listen to her you absolutely should she's incredible she's hilarious she's an inspiration um but i was listening to her podcast the other day on and it accidentally flipped to like normal speed oh yeah and i like my i felt like my brain was gonna explode i could not fathom listening to it on normal speed i actually do the same thing with podcasts i think it's very normal to like double it up because like your brain is like going faster it's like i can consume this content at a faster speed than normal because it's up to par with like what my brain is already at yeah so like i'm always at double speed so i, think I hope that totally all of our listeners thing. listen to us at 1.5 speed i so i've listened to myself at 1.5 speed and i'm like i sound way better than i do at normal speed so yeah it's also weird it like changes your voice it does a yeah slight amount and so then it makes you I... sound more enthusiastic just like a better speaker in general yeah absolutely i feel like if people listen to me at 1x it's just gonna be like Oh, like super deep so and boring slow. and slow. Like I'm just. But also, I really do think that that's the fact that like we don't have neurotypical brains. Yeah. Because people with neurotypical brains, they listen to that and they're like, "Wow, I just like am listening to somebody talking." But for me, I listen to somebody talking slowly, and I'm like, "You sound like you <laughs> like it's awful." So it totally goes up back to like my handwriting and the way that I read out loud because if I'm reading out loud I'm reading the sentence as I'm saying it but I'm reading it faster than I'm saying it so then I'm like my my your like, mouth isn't mouth keeping up with keep your brain up. yeah and then it's the same thing with my handwriting like if I stop and tried to spell something and just say like 
if I tried to spell it super slowly and to like make my handwriting look good, it like causes my body pain. <laughs> I feel like it's, I can't even explain it. So there you go. But anyways, Adam's going to talk about the next See, one. The, well, as I say, the, I feel like I'm on the other side of the coin because like I, it's almost like this almost perfectionism thing where it like has to look nice. And so, like, sometimes I yeah, will... Yeah, I just type it. If it sometimes... I, well, sometimes I will, like, trace over a letter again to, like, make it look better because I don't like the way that it looks the first time. So, almost, like, filling it in or huh. something like that, like, drawing it. I don't know. Um, yeah, so for any of our non-neurotypical listeners out there, listen to us at 1.5x, please. <laughs> or two, if you're a baller like me. Two's too much. It, like, skips words sometimes. No, it doesn't. The most I can do is 1.8. It never skips words on two. I've had it skip words on... Maybe that's just audiobooks. I don't know. Yeah, I don't listen to audiobooks on two. Yeah, I do 1.5 for All audiobooks right. as Tell well. Tell them this one. Yeah, um, so I was going to say, yeah, this one is The Phantom Thread, which is a Paul Thomas Anderson movie. And... Um, what else has he made? Oh, he's made... Everything he's made is incredible. Um, so he's done Boogie Nights, uh, Punch Drunk Love, um... Heart Eight, I think, is like his first full-length film. Um, he's just the best. I mean, he might be my favorite director, honestly. Wow. Yeah. Um, I have never heard of those movies. Oh, he did The Master. Um, I don't know. There's just so many good ones. Hmm. Okay. But yeah, um, this one is... This is a fun one because... When it first came out, I really wanted to see it because I knew it was Paul Thomas Anderson. It's also uh, the the main actor in it is Daniel Day Lewis, who is one of the greatest actors of all time. He's the only actor in history to have won Best Lead Actor three times. Um, it's like Taylor Swift for the Oscars. So like, yeah, totally exactly <laughs> like Taylor Swift or Beyonce, who's won more Grammys than anyone. Um, Beyonce's never won Album of the Year. <laughs> Are you sure about that? She never has. Isn't that insane? That's weird. I know. Huh. Um, but yeah, so when I saw when I saw this movie, I was just like, "Oh, this is right up my alley!" Like, I know I'm gonna love this. And so, like, I was tr- I was pushing Danielle like all the time to go see it. Did Phantom Thread come out the <clears throat> same time that uh, Par- not Parasite, uh, Farewell did? No, Farewell. Uh, the Farewell is the same year as Parasite, I think. So it wasn't during that time frame where I was, like, resisting seeing movies. I don't think so. I mean, it was probably all 2017. Sorted. Yeah, that was 2019. Okay. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so, like, I kept just, like, pushing her to go see it. Like, I think there was one night we are going to go see a movie, like, to go on a date. We were trying to decide what we were going to see, and I kept, like, pushing that, and she was just like, I'm so not going to see it. She's, like, so mad. And then I was like, why don't you just trust me? Like, I know you're going to love this movie. And didn't you say something like... I know I'm going to like Yeah, you're it. like, I know I'm going to like it too, but I just don't want to see it. Like, you were just... Yeah, for some reason, why. you were just resisting it. And then um, I think one of your friends was just like, why don't you just do it? Like, just trust what Adam says and go see it. Or we, like, flipped a coin or something like that. I can't remember why we decided... <clears throat> to see it but but somebody finally talked some sense into you it was probably some you got mad at me a lot during this time because there was this guy at doTERRA that liked a lot of movies that you like Uh uh-huh and when he would talk about them I was like those sound cool 
Oh, I hate that so much. It's like how we were just talking about that earlier. Yeah, I hate that so much. Like, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you about, like, some movie that's really good, and you're like, I don't want to see that. I want nothing to do with it. And then somebody else will suggest it, and you're like, oh, yeah, that sounds really good. And then you'll come home, and you'll be like, this, this guy at work was just telling me about this really cool movie, and I'm like, I'm going to kill you. Oh, it came out the same year as Lady Bird. Oh, yeah, okay. But um, anyway, so it's just so good. I feel like most people would hate it, maybe. Didn't you say, like, a lot of people um, you talk to hate it? Because yeah. it's slow. Um, it's really slow. And here's the thing. I hope I don't offend anybody with this, but, like, I kind of do hope I offend some people with this. But, like, anytime somebody tells me they don't like a movie because it was slow, you may as well, you may as well tell me that you're stupid. Babe, uh, <laughs> you can't alienate all of our following yet, okay? <laughs> that can't be the only reason that you don't like a movie. Like, some movies are just slow, and that's okay. Like, there's a there's a slow burn, and that's exactly what the Phantom Thread is. And the payoff at the end is so worth it. Oh, because so it just blows your mind. Honestly, the same... <clears throat> okay, so the Phantom Thread is, like, the drama version of what... Um, in a completely different setting and things like that. But it's like the drama version of the same type of twist that is in um, Gone Girl. But Gone Girl is a thriller. And yeah. Gone Girl is suspense. So it's like more captivating, more entertaining. But that's It's same, an easier watch. It's a like in super that way. easy watch. Yeah. But like that same twist that you feel of like, <gasps> what the hell? Yeah. Like that's the same that you get in Phantom Thread. It's sort of like early M. Night Shyamalan, like, when in his really good stuff. When, village, when the, the twist, you're just like, no way. Like, mm-hmm. well, The Sixth Sense is the OG one. I still have to watch that. That's great. Um, and I will, I will say, like, I watched Phantom Thread, and I left, and I was, like, eating vinegar when I told Adam that I liked it. No, no, afterwards, you were, like, you were just like, I fought you so hard on this, but this is one of the best movies I've ever seen. Oh, I was... Good. Like, I, like, acknowledge that easily. I feel like you did. Maybe not. Cool. I'm awesome. (laughs) You're like, cool, I was humble. I'm awesome. Yeah, no, it really is, like, one of the best movies I've ever seen. So good. It's incredible. All right. Um, But, yeah, if anybody wants to resist, I would say just force yourself to go watch it. Hide your phone. Watch um, the movie. Enjoy it. Because it's, really it's beautiful, and then the crazy part at the end is awesome. Yeah. And worth it. Yeah. Um, my next movie is a ghost story, and... Getting indie here. Into the indie film territory. real indie. Uh, a ghost story was a Netflix original, right? No. No? I think it's an Amazon film or something. No, it was on Netflix. Oh, like it was on it? It's not a Netflix film, though. Ooh, I'm trying to think of who it was, because you're right. Now that I'm thinking about the beginning. Okay, so the music in Ghost Story, the way it was filmed, the concept, the like, the actors in it. It's just like, oh, it's, it's really got... Um, who's the guy? What's his name? Casey Affleck. Casey Affleck. I love him. Yeah. Love him. It's Casey Affleck, Mara Rooney. Who we also love. Who I love. She's so great. She... Oh my god. There's this one scene. Like, there's really not much, like... Uh... So, there's not... It's it's a pretty straightforward story, but there's, like, a lot of depth to it. Like, I yeah, don't know how to... I don't know how to explain it. You just have to watch it. You have to watch it. Um, 
So there's this one scene where Mara Rooney sits down and she ate an entire pie in one take. And she, yeah, she like legit did it for for the film for the like scene. It made her like sick, obviously, but she ate the entire pie and it was like in less than five minutes in this movie in this one scene. Yeah, she's just like pounding this entire pie, oh my and God, it was and it was real. And they did it in one take because she's like, I can't do this in more. She's than like, one take. we're gonna get it done the first time because there's no way I'm going to film this and do this again. Yeah, <laughs> so disgusting. Um, yeah, so that's a good one. Yeah, it's a, it's a great one. I just remembered it. There's, like, one song from it that I remember all the time, and I just, like... Which song is it? it? Uh, let me find it. Alright. Um... Why don't you tell me your number one? My number one movie, which is and always will be my number one, is the movie It's a Wonderful Life. And... (laughs) People... Some people make fun of me for it. Because it's just, like, sentimental. Um... It's a Christmas movie, like they always show it at Christmas time, and not to be confused with the movie Life is Beautiful, which is also fantastic, um, but a lot of people get those mixed up. Like I'll tell people that It's a Wonderful Life is my favorite movie, and then they think that I'm talking about Life is Beautiful. Um, you should go see both of those if you haven't. But um, yeah, It's a Wonderful Life is uh, it's an old one, like from the 40s or something it's in black and white it's got jimmy stewart is the main uh character in it and i'm not going to describe the entire movie to you but uh i just love it i think i think so much of it is like sentiment like sentimental value or whatever because i grew up watching it it was one of my dad's favorites and he like always showed it to us on christmas and stuff like that um and then yeah just kind of the overall theme of like um, that even if you feel like your life is insignificant, you actually do like have an effect on so many things and people around you, like for good kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and so I guess it's, it's kind of similar to like a Christmas Carol, but I like it better. We watch it every Christmas Eve. Every Christmas Eve at night when I, when we're like kind of wrapping presents and stuff like that, I always have it on. That's sort of my tradition every year is to watch it. It really doesn't feel like Christmas unless we watch it. Uh, exactly. No, it totally doesn't. And, you know, growing up as like a teenager and stuff like that, I was totally in love with Mary, uh, who's his wife in the show. Mm -hmm. And, um... I wanted to be married to her. (laughs) I want to marry Mary. I wanted to marry Mary. And... The end of the movie, like, just legitimately wrecks me every time. Like, I am literally in tears every time at the end of the movie. (laughs) And it's, it's like, one specific line, too. It just, like, says it at the end, and then I'm just, like, done. (laughs) Um, He loves it. But it's the best. And, yeah, that's my favorite movie, for sure. Mine um, isn't nearly as uh, meaningful or... Sentimental, sentimental or whatever but I'm also not a very sentimental person Adam is really sentimental like I will be like getting rid of kids clothes and he's like oh but that was Ruby's first cardigan and I'm like <laughs> yeah it's going to DI and he's like don't you want to save it and I'm like no I don't want to save this I guess the one thing that like gives me comfort though is that you document so many things in our kids lives like you take tons of pictures do tons of videos and so then I can, like, look back on those, and then I see the outfit, 
and I'm like, oh, I love that little dress right. or whatever. And so that makes it easier to like give stuff up. Yeah, um, I just don't care to keep shit. But I'm not a very sentimental person anyways. Um, maybe that's like a, a <laughs> an attachment style that comes from trauma. That you're not sentimental? Yeah. I don't know. That I like don't cling to things that are important to me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dis- despondent, de- avoidant attachment style. I don't maybe know. Maybe you'll have to ask your therapist about I it. I will. This week. We also don't need to pathologize everything though. It's fun too. Some um, people, I, th- I think some people are just more sentimental than others. Yeah, no, absolutely. I agree. Um, so my favorite movie is called Captain Fantastic. Mm. And um, I mean, I would say that like it could also not be my number one, but it's just like pretty, pretty consistently like at least my number one or my number two. Yeah, we love that one. Um, I watched it for the first time a couple years ago. And it's got Viggo Mortensen. Wasn't it right after we had Ruby? Yeah. We watched it right after we had Ruby. And I remember watching it and just being like, oh my God, like this is going to influence how I parent for the rest of my life. Yeah. And honestly, like in a lot it of does. ways, it does. Like, um, you know, I think just the way that we kind of like talk to our kids or like um, the way that we think about you know, raising them in the future and just different stuff like that. Like, like philosophies of life. Like, I don't know, just like all the things. It just like really, really resonated with me. And I don't, I, I, again, this is why I don't like discuss film with people who know how to discuss film because I'm like painfully like unable to uh, articulate articulate why you love it why I love things <laughs> um because I don't understand like specific words about like movies like film words or whatever yeah the, I the just, lingo I don't care I just like stuff but um Captain Fantastic if you have kids if you don't have kids um actually I was gonna it's, say I mean it's a really entertaining movie in its own right too like it's yeah absolutely it's, it's just a, like a fun movie in it's general. an entertaining story like it's you know there's a lot of funny parts um there's a lot of heavy parts but yeah um I also think I really resonated with it because like the uh Viggo Mortensen and his children are being raised like very secular like very like against religion and the family that they are like um like the antagonist in the movie are like his wife's family and they are like super super religious yeah and like pushing like their religious dogma onto their grandkids and like things like that and it's just like i don't know it just like made me very happy (laughs) that was even when we were mormon yeah i think well and i think it was just like i don't know we're we're both pretty like leftist or whatever in our politics and stuff and so it like um really kind of fits in with a lot of the ways that he parents his kids and stuff like that and sort of that same uh mentality or whatever Mm -hmm. um and like a funny thing is that they they celebrate noam chomsky day in the movie uh like him and all of his kids and like i really love noam chomsky so it's funny i have a client that um i mentioned her this is my favorite movie and she was like one of the first people of my clients that i've told that Mm -hmm. was like 
I love that movie too. And I was like, we're soulmates. <laughs> but um, she was like, yeah, after I watched that movie, I went and read like four Noam Chomsky books. And I was like, I should do that. I feel like I would probably like them a lot, but I just... That'll also help with your like his- US history. Learning. Really? Yeah, totally. I didn't know that he cared... That that's what he writes about? I don't know who he is. <laughs> yeah. Um, you don't have to. You should. I, I read like... He's not like... Aristotle or something. Aristotle. Or like, he, uh, I, you know, I know he's a philosopher of sorts, I guess, but like, um, he's still alive, but oh, oh, yeah. Okay. Um, write, originally he's like a linguist, um, and so he's like pretty well known for like a lot of his stuff in linguistics and everything, like a professor and and all of that. Um, but he also writes a lot about like. Uh, U.S. politics and kind of like U.S. history and our, um, I guess just our place in the world and how we do things. Uh, like he writes a lot about the U.S.'s foreign policy and, and different things like that. But um, it's really good stuff. It's very like yeah, definitely very leftist. Um, well, like a like lot of it is just is themes... super critical of the United States and the way that we do things, especially on the global scale. Right. And one of my favorite things about the movie in particular is that, like, he really treats his children as as people. Yeah. As, like, humans with, like, valid emotions and, and like, um, I don't know. I just, I felt like it was probably one of the first times I was seeing this idea emulated that, like, your children aren't just your children. They are, like people too autonomous people they are autonomous people who have like their own thoughts their own desires and like their desires are valid regardless of whether or not like you agree with them like stuff like that and i just i well, really always... really like people who just honestly respect their children yeah we've always talked about that like how it's it's a really big thing for us to like respect our kids and that it's you know you see too many adults just like talk down to children like they're little Absolutely. like they're little idiots and they need to like teach them about life and and for us we're just like no like they're own, they're their own people that are going to make their own choices and you know we can kind of guide them and like teach them like um good things or whatever right. but but ultimately yeah it's it's about respecting them and respecting them as individuals and not trying to like force our whatever like our thoughts or our beliefs onto them yeah. um without letting them have their own choice and their own thoughts and stuff like that so um, I don't know. It's one yeah. of my favorites. I could watch it every day of the week and be happy. Yeah, because it is, like I said before, it's just entertaining too. Like even Absolutely. beyond like those deeper themes or whatever. It's, a, it's just a good movie. Those are our favorite movies. And I'm going to take a quick break. Well, we are going to take a quick break. And um, we're going to come back with a quick segment on kids movies. Because <laughs> I can't talk about movies without talking about kids movies. So we'll be back. Wow. That was a long episode. Actually, yeah. I think it's one of our shorter ones. Is it? <laughs> we talk a lot. We talk a lot. Um, okay, so I like really, really love children's movies. Um I if I'm paying attention to a children's movie, I will cry. Define children's movies though. Like Uh mostly like animated like uh Pixar or Disney. Okay. Like, that's how I like those children's type of, movies. Yeah, those type of movies or whatever. Yeah. Okay. That's kind of, like, 
what I mean when I say children's movies. Um, I mean, but like kids' movies in general. Like, I mean, you can say whatever kids' movies come to your head that you love. But oh yeah, I've got plenty. Um, okay, so <laughs> my first one is like very uh, basic as well, but it's Frozen and Frozen Two. Yeah, you love those. I will. You cry. I every will time. cry every single time I watch it. <laughs> every single time. I think that Elsa is like the absolute queen of all the princesses. I am obsessed with her. I am obsessed with Anna. I love them. I love Anna's character arc of being this naive bimbo that's ready to marry anybody. And then in Frozen 2, she's, like, grown so much. And she, like... I just... I love them. Our kids are obsessed with it, too. Both of them. Uh, Or both movies. It just makes me so happy. Yeah. I don't know. And then also, um, in, like, Frozen 2, it ties in the four elements Mm. and that feels like very like homey to me like i i really resonate with on the idea that like if humans are out of balance with nature then everything is out of balance oh my god yes so with frozen they keep creating like short films to go along with the frozen universe and right now on disney plus there's another one called myth like um I was going to spell it, but there's n- there's no way to, to mistake <laughs> how to spell myth. Um, but it's just called myth, and um, it kind of goes into, like, a different realm of Frozen that's, like, separate from Anna and Elsa's story, and it talks about, like, humans being out of balance, and, like, it talks about, like, the origination of, like, the, the four, uh, what do they call them? This, uh, I don't remember, but it's, it's, like, the elements. I'm, like, the fifth. I'm I'm the fifth spirit. I don't know. Yeah, maybe it's spirits. Yeah, the four spirits. But anyways, um, it's incredible. It has music in it that sounds like M eighty three. And if you will like watch it, it's literally six minutes long. It's not hard to watch. But if you will watch it and just like watch the graphic, because it's not just a straight story. It's like a musical like visualization. Yeah. At the end, there's this, like, one part, and every time I'm just crying. Like, I can't, I can't not cry. So, Frozen and well, the Frozen music, series. music, like, makes you emotional, too. So yeah, absolutely. Like, so, it's all tied in. Yep. Okay, what's yours? Um, oh, gosh. Um, Should have come prepared. I know. I've got, like, First so, one that came to your mind. Well, okay, so the first thing that came to my mind was all of the Miyazaki movies. Mm, they're so good. Um, and I actually almost put Spirited Away on my top five favorite movies. Yeah. Um, they're just perfection. Like, they're so good. And it it's just like, I don't even know how to explain it, but it's kind of like you watch those movies and they just like, tap into your inner child or something like that yeah. and it's just so like nostalgic and just perfect and beautiful and like um it's yeah, almost like I they don't know. capture like imagination in a way in the, that like in typical the perfect way yeah that like typical uh animation western animated films doesn't do yeah like ponyo Mm-hmm. I love Ponyo. Yeah. I think Ponyo is incredible. Well, and it's a movie that, like, if you... When you start watching it and, like, if you read the description or something like that, it feels like it's a movie that's made for kids that are, like, three to five years old or something like that. The description, for sure. Then when you watch it, you're like, am I on mushrooms right now? 
<laughs> like, is that... Did I, like, get slipped some shrooms? That's yeah. how I feel, at least. <laughs> but, it's like... It's like... It, it... Yeah. My Neighbor Totoro is another one that's, Oh, my like, God. I love Totoro. That's just, like... I probably sounded like such a douchebag saying Totoro. I yeah, didn't mean, I, hated I didn't you. really I didn't mean to roll the R there actually. That was not intentional. Um, we don't do that. Totoro. We don't do that at this house. We yeah. say things. I don't even speak Japanese either, so it's like yeah, that was not intentional. Um, my neighbor Totoro. Oh my gosh. Ruby was obsessed with Totoro in the beginning. Honestly, it made me so happy that our kids loved that. Movie a part so of much. You. Yeah, it was like it just like tied it all in together where it's just like um, so the first Miyazaki movie that I ever watched was Princess Mononoke. Mm. And um, I remember watching it as like a younger girl and being like, this movie has concepts that are like going over my head. Mm-hmm. And then also kind of being creeped out, but also being just like very enthralled in it. Like just, I don't know. It's just like Honestly, very... that's how I feel now too when I watch them. Yeah, like... they're always just kind of like, what is happening? Yeah, so the first one I saw was Spirited Away. Um, I think that's, like, his highest rated one as far as, like, you know, scores go, whatever. What about, like, House Moving Castle? I feel like that one's pretty high, too. Yeah, I mean, they're all, like, they all have good ratings or whatever. But, um, but yeah, it's same thing. It's just, like, you're kind of, like, there's a lot of big theme, themes happening here. And I'm definitely not catching all of them, but it's just, like, a feeling, too. Mm-hmm. Um, I love them. And, and any of like all of them all of those movies are so good um, uh, if you have HBO you can watch all the Miyazaki movies yeah basically. they have it's called Studio Ghibli and it's like a, a thing that he did in conjunction with Disney, um, Disney and they it, so it's like within Studio Ghibli it's not only his movies so his name's Hayao Miyazaki um, and it's not only his movies. There's like a lot of other good ones from other Japanese filmmakers and stuff like that. But he's like the one that started it. He's kind of like the big, you know, name in there. Mm-hmm. And all of his movies are in there. Um, and literally any of those movies within Studio Ghibli are just awesome. And yeah. Yeah. It's great. Uh, my next one that I wrote down. And by the way, I wrote these down in like a, like a split second. So like these are just like a snapshot into like my my love of children's movies. Of how you feel about, yeah, Of all the movies. movies. Like, these are just, like, three random ones that I thought of. Obviously, Frozen was, like, the first one that I thought of because it's number one no matter what. But, um, this one is Spirit, the Stallion of Cimarron. (laughs) And Adam will criticize me until we both die, I bet. (laughs) Probably he'll haunt me about it. He, he doesn't think that it's bad he just doesn't think that it's good. Yeah. Like... I, I just... I don't care for it. Like, I don't really like I it. I love it. <laughs> love it so much. I remember feeling the spirit when I watched it as a little girl. <laughs> and I was never a horse girl. Like, I was never the girl that was, like, weirdly into horses or, like... So Ruby is a horse girl, and she is obsessed with that movie. Yeah. And that was, like, probably how you felt when the kids liked Totoro, was yeah. I was just like, oh my gosh, like this is like a such like a a nostalgic but like part of my childhood. I don't, I, yeah. And you're, I, you're like you're loving and something I'm like that I love as to a my child. Kids. Yeah. I really really love Spirit, and then the fact that they like started making the series. I don't love the series as much, but I do think that it's good. 
Ruby loves it. And then now they're making a movie. Taylor Swift collaborated on it. It's just like, it's just magic. So, I mean, well, and I feel like the Stallion of the Cimarron is like right up your alley too because it's like, it's like showing how the Western like settlers or the the white settlers are just like ruining, <laughs> ruining everything, everything in the American frontier, and that I like do love and that, that like that. the Native Americans are the ones that are really caring for the animals in the land yeah. and like respecting nature and yeah. stuff like that. Um, and but it's like told from the horse's perspective or whatever. It's like right up my alley. Yeah. I also, I, yeah, I really like um, indigenous themes. Yeah. Or Native American themes. Yeah. I just like I it feels very I don't know, I connect to it really quickly. Yeah. Yeah, so it makes sense that you like it. I whenever I make fun of it, I always say it's just a it's an animated two hour Brian Adams music video. Yep. (laughs) Because it just has there's it's kinda weird because it's like so Matt Damon is the voice of the horse. Of course he is. Um and, you know, there's, like, the points of dialogue. And it's not the horse actually talking, like you have in a lot of animated movies with animals. It's almost just, like, just his, his thoughts, right? Like, they they don't humanize the animals quite as much as they do in a lot of And maybe that's also movies. why I like it, too. Um, I mean, they do humanize them a little bit, obviously. But, like, but yeah, it's, it's kind of more like this is a horse. Like, he's actually living a horse life or whatever. Um, and then these are his thoughts in Matt Damon's voice. But... It because there's like there will be like really long periods in the movie that there's basically no dialogue, and it's just and then a Brian lot of Adams times and then a lot of times it'll be a, yeah it'll be like this is me <laughs> yeah so it'll just be like Brian Adams singing and it's like a bunch of Brian Adams songs like throughout the movie I love it and so I'm just like yeah it's just an animated it. Brian Adams music video yep but it's right. fine I don't I don't hate it what's the next one for you. Um, so the next one I would say I think is Up. And yeah. I love that movie so much. Like, um, <laughs> I think about all the time the the tweet that I saw that was like, that was like Disney. It took them five minutes to tell a better love story than Twilight could in three films. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about Up and Carl and Ellie in the first five minutes yep. of, of the movie. And how and that, everyone's sobbing in the oh first Oh my gosh, like, yeah, it's like. I think the first time I watched it, I was just like, why am I, like, crying after five minutes Literally. into this movie? Um, and so that's, like, really great, just, like, their love story in, in those first five minutes and everything. Um, but then I I really, like, resonate with the whole idea of the movie, you know, just, like, this idea of adventure awaits and, like, not putting off your entire life, like, the things that you dream about doing before you're too old to do them. Mm-hmm. And then also, you know, at the very end, when he finally, like, loses his house and lets go of it, and he's just, like, he looks at it floating away, and he just says, it's okay, it's just a house. Like, and sort of just, like, letting go of, like, that possession, like, you know, things, like, being tied to, like, material things, and, like, that's not the, that's not what really matters. And yeah. obviously, like, that material thing, his home was tied to, like, the memory of his wife, which is, like, why it was so hard for him to, like, lose that or give it up. Um, but, you know, sort of just this realization, like, no, like, my wife is, like, tied to my memories and in my, like, the way that I live my life and, and things like that. Um, yeah, I really love Up. I could, I, I could watch it, like, anytime. I could just put it on and watch it. Um, yeah. 
So, yeah, that's that's definitely one of my favorite animated movies. The only other one that I was going to say is Boss Baby. <laughs> that's one of your favorites? <laughs> I feel like I I, I feel like I like it, Boss but it's like ironic, kind of. I feel that way too. Like, go away, Luna. Um, our dog's trying to crawl on top of our computer. Yeah, leave us alone, dog. Um, <laughs> it's like one of the ones that I say that like throws people off because I feel like a lot of people hated it. A lot of parents hate it because every child loves that movie. Of course they do. Because they're obsessed with seeing a baby talking. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but it's funny. It's, like, genuinely funny. It's hilarious. I feel like it's one of those movies, it's, like, like a Shrek-type thing, where it's, like, the humor is meant for the parents. Oh, man, Shrek is That, so like, good. it just, like, blows over kids' heads. I love Boss Baby. They're making a Boss Baby 2. I can't tell you how excited I am for it. I'm gonna take my kids to go see it in the theater. I, I love it. And it's, like, it's almost well, a joke. And I, I like that it's Alec Baldwin, and then there's, like, a lot of tie-ins to, like, Glengarry Glenn Ross. I don't know uh, who that is. It's, it's a movie. Um, and so it's just, yeah, it's just funny. There's, like, a lot of funny parts in it. Yeah. Um, it was really well done. Oh, the part that we always laughed about is uh, when they ride in a limo to the Las Vegas Convention Center, and then they jump out of the limo, and the kid, like, the older brother, has uh, a drink in his hand. And he drinks it and he goes, ugh, gross. The people of Long Island really don't know how to make a good tea. Or really don't know how to make an iced tea or something like that. Obviously something a kid would never get. But it's, no. But yeah, it's hilarious that they gave this seven-year-old kid a Long Island iced tea. 100% meant for kids. Um, oh, another really good one is Smallfoot. Oh, yeah. Which our one. children call Stompfoot. Yeah, it's And it's hilarious. It's cute. Um, I really like it. It's got, a, like, a lot of religious parallels, which I love. Um made me feel pretty uh, validated inside. Yeah. So that was nice. It's pretty, like, heavy-handed on that kind of stuff. But oh, for sure, heavy-handed. I mean, a little, like, too much. That was a lot of the criticism people A lot of people, people didn't like it because movie. of that, but yeah. I just thought it was amazing. It was good. I like that one. a good one. one. Um, the other one I was going to say that's just recent is I love Soul. I know. Um, and that one almost, like, we talk about this for, like, that one has so many, like, big, deep themes that it's, like, all, like not even really for kids. No, it's not for kids. I feel like it's, it's like, Pixar. up. Well, no, 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 not up. Um, I feel like Pix- Pixar started doing this thing where they're, like, making movies that have, like, really heavy topics, like Inside Out. I felt like that Inside was, like, Out their first, like, dipping their toes into this idea. And, like... It's really good, but it's still a kids movie. They're inter- yeah, Inside Out is still entertaining for kids and everything like that. And I think our kids like Soul, like they've watched it, but it's it's harder for kids because it's following a grown man. Yeah, for sure. Um and so it's maybe not as interesting to kids in that way. But And the music, like the jazz music, a lot of kids don't like jazz music, but like yeah. I loved Soul and I really want to watch it again. Um, I know a lot of people started like crying when they watched Soul. Yeah. I didn't really cry. I feel like it's pretty emotional. I don't know if I cried. I don't know. I feel like when we watched it too though, we had a lot of distractions. But... Yeah, I'd like to sit down and just kind of like devote all my attention to it. I was trying to decide if there are like children's movies that I hate. Like I said, I like loathe. And Honestly, I feel like I was thinking about that too. I think it's just like... The ones that are, like, really poor quality, um, like, I don't, 
our kids watch these sometimes. I don't like the Barbie movies very much. See, and I don't mind them. But that's because you grew up with them. I only like the Barbie movies that have a good message that's not, like, snobby, bratty Barbie movies. Yeah. But I have a really low tolerance for children's TV shows. TV shows, I have a plethora of ones that I will not let my children watch. I hide them on Netflix. I, like, they just, like, irritate the living shit out of me. Adam has a less uh, high tolerance I'm on I'm a that. little more lenient. He's a little bit more lenient. But mm. for me, I'm just, like, you're a, you are absorbing garbage get it out of here i hate it yeah i i mean i don't i don't like this stuff that's like i said it's just like poor quality kind of pointless yeah um i think maybe for me i'm just kind of like i don't need every single thing that our kids watch doesn't need to be like educational or yes like, it does but yeah you think it does <laughs> that's where we differ <laughs> i don't want my children watching stupid shit well, I mean, I think it can teach them good things, but it doesn't. It's not like educational per se. No, it doesn't have like, to be like classified Bluey. as a and as an educational show. Yeah. But it's like I don't want my children watching the Bratz TV show. Oh no! Yeah, for sure. It's garbage. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you really hate My Little Pony, so that's been kind of. Like, I don't even know why. I just really don't like it. I know it. you. It's you gross. hate it so much. Um. Yeah, and it's like there's some themes in that that are fine, but then I've also read things that talk about like how it promotes themes that aren't great either. It's gross. Which, I mean, how much of this stuff do kids pick up on? But a lot of it is subliminal. Subconsciously, they yeah. do. A like, lot of it is subliminal. I mean, all of a sudden, like, children's. The way that children pick up on things is very fascinating, and it's like really infuriating, too. Like, Marshall all of a sudden has started liking various stereotypical boy things. And, like, it's not like I've raised him to not like those things. Yeah, it's fine if he does. But it's been, like, this shift with him where, like, previously he was, like, totally fine wearing girl clothes. Or he was totally fine getting his nails painted or all these things. And now all of a sudden he's like, that's for boys. This is for girls. That's, like, that type of stuff. And I'm just like, I didn't teach you that. And I just wonder, like, how much of it comes from, like, the stuff that he's watching or, like the pictures that he sees in the store and just all yeah, that. I think it's just it, hard. I mean, it comes from so many different sources, right? And it's because it is societal. It's not like you can just turn it off and like not expose your kids to just that. Work harder against it. Because yeah. yeah, it comes from a lot of different places, but, but yeah, I mean like we, we really love like Bluey and Corey Carson and, and shows like that. Love that aren't, Bluey. That aren't like educational, I guess, but the thing that's nice about those ones is they're just like they're just like wholesome and good and they like I would argue that Bluey is pretty uh educational. I mean it teaches good like themes or yeah. whatever, yeah. And Corey Carson's the same way. Um but yeah, they, like they're just like it's it's sort of like you watch these shows and they're kind of preserving just like the innocence and purity of childhood, I feel like. Yeah. Um and, like, in Bluey, like, the parents are both super great, and um, I, I like that it depicts the dad as, like, this, you know... Good character. Fun dad, and, like, that plays with his kids, and it isn't just working all the time, and isn't a deadbeat, or isn't just, like, a total moron. Um, yeah, I like it. So, anyway. The music's great. I love that it's Australian. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Man, Americans love those, like, foreign kids shows, like... Peppa, Peppa Pig, Pig is so huge here, and yeah, now Bluey from Australia. 
Yeah, I'm trying to think if there's any other ones. <laughs> They're just great. It's almost like other countries produce, like, quality content. <laughs> I mean, we do too. Isn't but... that weird? Um, so, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Is there any anything else you want to talk about, like, movie or entertainment-wise? I don't think so. I'm really looking forward to... Um, some new movies that are coming out soon. I've been really anxious to see Dune. Mm, yeah, that one looks awesome. I've been really anxious to see um, the new Disney movies that are coming out. There's one called Encanto. Um, mm. There's like a couple other like Marvel films that are coming out that I'm really excited to see. Oh, I remember a, bit, a one that I think about a lot and... I mean, this could also be because it's literally the only movie I saw in a theater during COVID, and that was Tenet. Oh my god, yeah, Tenet. Tenet is so good. I think about that a lot, too. that one is, like, that one messes with your mind. For sure. But yeah, there are, like, quite a few movies that I'm looking forward to. I'm for sure going to try, like, I'm scheduling it into my planner that I want to watch all of the Oscar nominees. I need to watch Nomadland. I need to watch Promising Young Woman and Mink and Minari and are there any more there's a bunch um the nominees oh for best picture yeah I yeah. think that might be it that oh might... no uh the Chicago 7 and Judas and the Black Messiah those yeah. are the other two we did we did watch Judas and the right. Black Messiah but I haven't watched any of those other ones and so I really want to watch those and um yeah I'm just I'm looking forward to trying my best to kind of uh, consume a little bit more movies that. and not just yeah stuff on the phone all the time or not whatever. Not just TikTok. <laughs> yeah, TikTok films. Yeah, I can um, watch those all day. Yeah. I probably do consume a movie's worth of TikTok every night, so. Oh yeah, I'm sure. Well, guys. Um, I was just gonna say too, like, parting words or whatever. Um. Yeah, bear your testimony. Yeah, bear my testimony. No, I. I really love movies and I think everyone should love movies and to me good movies are kind of like good books and they can like yeah they can sort of like teach you important things for life and everything um but you can also just pr appreciate an art form that's beautifully made mm -hmm. and so I would just encourage everybody to like be willing to sort of go outside of your branch comfort out. zone and yeah. branch out of what you normally would watch in a movie um, you know, we, Danielle and I have this discussion a lot about like Marvel movies and like these big box office movies and stuff like that. And they're fine for what they are. Like I, I really enjoy a lot of those kind of things, but I think it's also important for people to like, not just watch those yeah. and try something else. Even if it's like something that you're, you don't think you love at first, but you might learn to love it like the phantom thread. Exactly. Um, but yeah, that's. Thanks for your wisdom, babe. I know. <laughs> like that, that got all, like, serious or, like, testimonies. Yeah. But, yeah, it's... I think that's just because I like movies so much, and I want everybody else to love them. I feel that, though. But, um... Winston. A cat. Um, I just wanted to say thank you for all the people that are listening. Um, and for sure to... Uh, like and subscribe to our podcast on any pl platform that you are listening to it on if you want to leave a review that's great if you have the anchor app you can send like messages to adam and i 
and you could like request a topic or if you want oh, yeah, to be, be on great. our podcast. We'd love to hear from people. Yeah, I would love to hear from people any type of feedback. But if you want to be on our podcast, I would a hundred percent have people on our podcast. Yeah, we've talked about guests. Um, I think guests would be really cool. Also, if you like our podcast, if you like listening to it and what we have to say, like tell people about it. Yeah, share it. Tell your friends. I think it's fun. It's how things grow and spread, but um Anyway, we're super appreciative of the uh, 10 of you that are solid listeners, and (laughs) um, we will talk to you guys next week.